0: For the jukebox, normally associated with jazz and rock and roll, is rapidly becoming respectable and even plays that type of old-fashioned music that one used to hear among the potted palms. Hey guys, welcome back to Napalm Nanny in the Shack. I'm the sudden realization that you left the stove on and now have burnt frijoles, Napalm Nanny. And let me remind you that forgive me father for I have sinned is the exact same as I'm sorry daddy, I've been naughty. And to find me on Instagram under napalm nanny in the shack. And if you want to donate to the shack or buy me a cup of coffee, my Venmo handle is WindexBurnsMyEyes. Huge thank you to Eddie, Phil, Chris Glasses, Mayra, and Mommy. Words cannot express how grateful I am for all of your guys' support. Now I'm fascinated by jukeboxes. I'm all for them taking my money, but how did the piece of machinery end up in our favorite bars and diners. So we know that one of the first Music for Money playing devices was invented by Louis Glass in San Francisco. Glass was an innovator and somewhere around 1879 he got him burned out working with old technologies. So he left his cushy job manning the telegraph lines for Western Union. He knew that he wanted in on this new craze sweeping the nation and that was a telephone. So he invested in some of the phone companies in both the Bay Area and Southern California and rose to become the general manager of the Pacific States Telephone and Telegraph Company. But Glass wasn't satisfied with just the telephone. Thomas Edison had invented the phonograph in the late 1870s, and a decade later, Glass took over the reins of the Pacific Phonograph Company, as well as some other phonograph companies in the coastal states of Washington, Oregon, and of course, California. And it was a city by the bay that he had the big idea. The 44-year-old Glass, with his partner William S. Arnold, presented a device that would play a song from a wax cylinder phonograph, but only if you put a nickel in the machine. And that first machine was called the nickel in the slot phonograph, which clearly they needed a marketing team, but... The first machine was installed at Palace Royal Saloon in San Francisco on November 23rd, 1889. Glass's office was a mere two blocks away where he asked the bar manager if he could display the new machine to the public there. But not much is known about that first machine, as this establishment went under somewhere around 1890 as the San Francisco earthquake of 1906 destroyed everything around there. But during the first year of the jukebox, from autumn of 1889 until summer of 1890, quite a few coin-operated music machines were produced in the area. And during a conference in Chicago of 1890, Louis T. Glass brashly told other operators and manufacturers that the first 15 machines had brought in a little more than $4,000 from December of 1889 until May of 1890, which that was quite a tidy sum for those days. So it's pretty easy to see why competitors scramble to get in on the action. And before I get ahead of myself, here's this week's playlist. Enjoy guys!
1: I cannot let you go now, for my love is strong.
0: So fast forward to the 1940s, when records became more widely available, the term jukebox also became widely known during this time, deriving from the reference to juke joints, which originated from gala culture with the word juke, which means rowdy, disorderly, or wicked. And I don't want to speed past what Gullah is because it's a group of African-American slavery descendants who spoke a form of Creole in the southeastern United States. And let me just emphasize that American culture is rooted and created by colored people. Just look at rock and roll. We wouldn't have a genre without Sister Rosetta Tharp, Muddy Waters, Bo Diddley, and so many others. And back to the history of jukeboxes. One misconception still prevalent today is that jukeboxes were also known as Nickelodeons. It appears that the confusion originated in the song, Music, 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 Put Another Nickel In by Steven Weiss and Bernie Baum in 1949. The lyrics describe putting another nickel in a Nickelodeon for more music. However, there is no evidence prior to this song that coin-op phonographs were ever called Nickelodeons. Instead, historical evidence points to the word solely being used for the movie theaters that changed a nickel for admission. And then when the radio became an alternative source of free entertainment in the 1920s, record cells and with them coin-operated phonograph cells took a serious hit. Then on top of that, the Great Depression arrived in the 1930s, adding enough damage to sales to almost wipe out the record companies completely. However, by the end of the 1930s, they saw a dramatic rise in sales for both records and jukeboxes. People had survived the financial crisis and wanted to live again. And there's still so much more to be said about the history of jukeboxes and their impact in society, but I'll save that for another episode. Till then, enjoy the rest of the playlist.
1: Thank you.
2: you Break this heartache Come cry on my shoulder Darling
0: That's all for me, kids. I honestly don't know how to express how grateful I am that we're on this journey together. I don't know where exactly the shack will go, but I mean, at least we'll go together, right? And I know I say this time and time again, but you have no idea how much each like, comment, message, and share means to me. It honestly keeps me going. Like, you have no idea how much I appreciate convos with mommy about conditions of our old neighborhoods due to redlining and sending music like the International Sweethearts of Rhythm, or Javier recommending me punk bands from the Pacific Northwest. It all means so much to me. And with that being said, till next week, I am your four-eyed host, the one, the only Napalm Nanny. Stay safe out there, guys.